Hi, everyone, and welcome to This is Leadership, a podcast dedicated to bringing you insightful conversations with leaders that inspire us to be better and to go further. I'm your host, Joel McLean, and I am very excited to have you here with us today. Now, let's get to today's episode and get our leadership on. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of This is Leadership, your intersection between growth and leadership. And today in this episode, um, I wanted to get into leveling up. You know, as a leader, leveling up uh, to me is probably the number one on the list of of things that I need to do for myself, knowing that if I don't have anything to uh, in, in uh, in my own leadership receptacle to be able to add and give to others, while I'm not able to accompany them and develop and develop their leadership and help them grow as people as as a person and as a professional, so leveling up is something really important. And I uh, I um, really wanted to talk about it in this episode. And I reached out to uh, you know uh, somebody that's just fantastic that I've known for many years uh, through social media, and actually I've I've participated in a lot of uh, the great workshops that he has provided. And I was also able to uh, to be part of a mastermind group, which we will get into a little bit later on. So uh, listen, I'd like to welcome Danny Sunshine Bauer, the chief ruckus maker of Better Leaders, Better Schools. Danny, thank you very much for being here. Uh, thank you, Joel. This is a fantastic opportunity, and it's always lovely to reconnect with you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, knowing you're a busy guy, you've got uh, a challenge that's starting today, which is fantastic, fantastic as well, the five-day boot camp. And I'm sure yeah. you're excited about that. And I'm sure that the people that have signed up are excited as well. Um, so listen, Danny, when, when we talk about leveling up, um, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is the work that I do um, within, um, you know, leadership development with school principals in my district in particular, and at large as well with, uh, with my consulting company. Um, you know, we put out, we'll do a lot of things. We'll put out trainings, we'll put out podcasts, we'll connect on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. But I think we all know that most of the people that are here, most of the people that are already listening to the podcast, most of the people that are already connecting on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and are getting that professional development are the ones that are already convinced and know the importance of leveling up. And the question that I've always, that I've always asked myself is, you know, how can we reach out and how can we get to those people that aren't there? You know, I work with a lot of school principals um, that don't realize yet, you know, the importance of leveling up, the importance of growing and being intentional in growing. So, you know, for, for the people that are listening today, which are here, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that they understand the importance of leveling up and, and getting better and, and to keep growing, you know, what can we tell them? What can we do to be able to reach the ones that aren't here today listening to us? So my answer, Joel, might surprise you. Okay. <laughs> my, uh, one of my mentors and the hero for sure in my life, Seth Godin, yeah. you know, he's, he's influenced me in so many remarkable ways. And as you, as you start out in, in business, right, like Better Leaders, Better Schools started out as a project that turned into a business because people started to ask for my help quite a bit. That's right. And I, I had the opportunity, huh, I wonder if I could work with these amazing ruckus leaders, you know, ruckus makers full time. Mm. And that's been true since 2017 when I moved from the United States over to Europe, lived there for about four or five years and then moved back to the States. So 
in the beginning, I give that context because in the beginning stages of going out on your own, you're wondering if you could put food on the table, right? Yeah, yeah. And it is a guy too, you know, I want to provide for my family. So there's, that was a real big challenge that I was facing. And so you're almost at a place where you'll accept anybody to work with, right? And I also share this story because there's, there's leadership lessons here. Yeah. So I tried to do a variety of things that were outside of my zone of genius just to make money to put food on the table, right? Instead of just being confident in, in my superpowers and serving those who wanted uh, that support and wanted to level up, as you said, and stay in focus there. That's the path to success. So I learned that the hard way. And what Seth Godin taught me is that whatever you create, it's actually not for everyone, right? And you have to learn as a leader, whether that's in education or business or whatever, you have to learn to, to understand like, this might not be for you. So what I'm getting at is I actually am not that worried about reaching those that aren't ready. Okay. This is not for them yet. And so I am passionate about in my, my, you know, my mission, I, I call it to connect, grow and mentor every school leader who wants to level up mm. between, you know, between the U S and Canada, I think it's something like 91,000, maybe even more uh, principals and, you know, assistant yeah. principals. Yeah. There are plenty of leaders that want to level up in that vast ocean of leaders. Right. And more than I can serve on my own, more than you can serve, you know, <laughs> needs to be a team effort to, to get to all those hungry folks. So essentially, I'm not worried about it. If they're not ready, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find those that are and give them 100% of my attention. The second part of my answer to you is, though, there's this, uh, there's this great, I think it might have been a TED Talk. I don't know. The video is old. Uh, it's by Derek Sivers, who is also somebody who really influences my thinking. And uh, he, he started a company called CD Baby ages ago. I mean, you can hear it in the name, right? Like, yeah. CDs, what, what are those, right? That's right. Yeah. But uh, he did this talk about being the first first one to dance. And he shows this he shows this uh, summer festival type thing. You know, there's musicians, live performances. And there's this, this dude that gets out on a hill and starts dancing. Yes. And he's a terrible dancer. You've seen it before, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen that video. It, oh, yep. And, and the talk is called How to Start a Movement, yeah. right? Yeah. So he, he's not cared that anybody's dancing with him at first, right? Mm. It's not for them. But then eventually somebody thinks, right? Oh, this is kind of cool. And they start dancing with them. And two become three, three become five, five become 10. And exponentially, you know, becomes this movement. So by focusing on those that want to level up, I think we can inspire them by dancing, right? With the tension, with the uh, challenge of growing yourself as a leader. And eventually more and more will, will come on. But I'm initially not focused on those folks at all. They're not worth my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it is, right? So maybe, maybe, it's, a, maybe it's a matter of, of being able to offer opportunities, you know, growth opportunities to people and whoever jumps in, jumps in. It's a yeah. little bit, um, you know, that's that's the approach that I, I ended up taking, um, you know, in, in one of my former districts where um, we didn't have a ton. 
not a lot at all of, of leadership development, right? And that's okay because it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, I, I think it's a work in progress in school districts. It's coming. I think more and more we're realizing the importance of investing in our leaders. But yeah, yeah. maybe maybe one of the things that we can do, you know, to be able to uh, to give these people, you know, these these individuals opportunities is to be able to provide uh, opportunities like, for example, the, the mastermind. And we'll talk about the mastermind in a little bit, which is, I think, one sure. of the most powerful uh, ways to, to be able to get people together and, and develop together as a as a community. So and that's one of the things that I did. Right. Is yeah. on my own. You know, I had I, I was I was a principal of a, of a school of about 200 students, not a huge school, but uh, 200 nonetheless, no VP. And I was just, I was hungry, right? I, I needed that, mm -hmm. that, that professional development and not just the one, you know, the, the ones that I can get online or, or in social media, but, you know, some in person with real people sitting together and, and discussing. So, you know, I went ahead and, and did form some mastermind groups with my principals and just offered that kind of opportunity for anybody in the school district that wanted to sit down. So, you know, Offering those opportunities, I think, is is a way of opening the door because some people might not be ready and it might, might not be for them, but maybe it's because they haven't been looking. Well, and, and, you know, if I was a district leader and not running my own organization, my answer would change subtly in the sense that I would really leverage what I could in terms of empathy, right, and designing, okay. designing uh, experiences where I could walk a mile in the leaders I supported shoes, right? Because right now, from what I understand, you're you're at the district level supporting principals. And so there's going to be those principals who might not be ready to level up, but your job is to support them and grow them. So in that sense, if I wasn't in, in, in that kind of setting, I would do my best to understand what makes them tick, you know, what what does drive them, you know, what lights a fire under them, so to speak. What are the challenges as they perceive them and that kind of thing? What goals and aspirations do they have professionally, but outside of school as well? And then I would do my best to connect, connect the dots, right? With what I observed in them and meet them where they are. So my answer changes subtly if I was working in a, a district or a school, because everybody won't be ready. Uh, but that's where I think understanding where people are coming from really matters because that's the first step into building trust, building relationships. That's right. And the further along, you know, you, you, you nurture that, then the more likely people will come along with you. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've learned throughout the years is um, when it comes to that, it takes, it takes a lot of patience, a lot of, uh, oh, yeah. but a lot of patience because, you know, we're, I'm so excited about, about leadership development. And I understand the impact that it can have when you invest in yourself and, and in my mind, we're like, you know, how can you not want to do this? How can you not be ready to, you know, to, to, to embark on, on such a, a, a great journey that never has a finish line, but the journey is so fulfilling and it's, and it's so impactful. Um, and the feeling that I get, you know, whenever I do have the opportunity to help somebody or to coach somebody, you know, I want other people to be able to, to feel that as well, because it's such a fantastic feeling. You know, and I tell myself, if I can only get you to taste it just a little bit, that's all it's going to take. And once you uh -huh. taste it, you're, you're never going to want to let it go. And you're always going to want to, you know, want more and more and more. So I guess it just, you know, it just takes a little bit more patience. Yeah, patience is key. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we talked about providing opportunities now, um, and I'm sure you've come across, Danny, and worked with some people that, 
you know, that just still, still, you know, weren't getting it or, or, or weren't ready. And I certainly do work with fantastic school leaders. Um, you know, they're all there 110% for their, for their students and for their staff. Um, but often they forget about themselves, right? And we mm. see that all the time where leaders forget about themselves and they don't take care of themselves and they're just not ready to, to dive in. So, you know, when we're having conversations with our colleagues, you know, be it principals that are talking with other principals that are friends or within district uh, school leader meetings, you know, what are the, some of the things that we can say or we can engage in saying with, the, with, with these people that maybe aren't ready, that can maybe give them that little nudge to say, hmm, you know what, maybe I do need to be intentional. I do need to start putting this down in my calendar and start really investing in myself and in my growth. So, you know, what are the things we can say to these people to get, to get them going on that journey? I think one of the things that you could do is try to understand what they perceive as the challenges into developing themselves. Mm. And when I invite people to new uh, leadership development opportunities that I design, so whether that's the mastermind, I have some called the principal success path. That's a five week program. Yeah. And then I designed just now one called the ruckus maker roadmap. That's completely asynchronous and like 40 plus, you know, videos that people cool. could just take on their own. Uh, but as a principal or business leader, you know, you're, you're selling an idea, right. Or a program, this kind of thing. And so there are some very common objections uh, within a district, right. Money is not going to be one. Although I don't know, maybe, maybe it is if, if you charge for something or there's mm. the price of gas and who knows, Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but time, time will be one. Right. Absolutely. So I would think about, you know, what are some ways you can counter that objection in terms of time? Uh, one, <laughs> one that I like to use, this is the, I mean, this, this all uh, kind of hits somebody on their chin, but okay. You don't feel like you have time for this, right? Well, let's, yeah, that's, that's the most common one. I would say yeah. we hear, right, is I don't have time. Yeah. So let's take a look at your phone, right? And yeah. let's, uh, let's go to the settings and let's look at, you know, your daily usage on your phone. Yeah. Ooh. Right. And how many hours <laughs> were on social media and email? And I mean, that's just a mirror. That 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 phone is tracking your behavior. Absolutely. And if you took even just 10%, 20% of that time, now you have it to engage with me with this development stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that that would be interesting. Every time I, I would work with leaders too, ask, hey, do you have a do you work off of an ideal week or tell me about how often you use your right. calendar and this kind of thing, right? Yeah. And Jim Rohn is a motivational speaker who gave, you know, really encouraged me actually to join a mastermind when he said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most mm -hmm. time with. Like, Whoa. Okay. What, what does that say about my life? Exactly. Right. He also said, um, you know, basically that either you run the day or the day runs you. So I think folks that see time as a challenge are probably letting the day run them. So I would, I would work with them on building an ideal week so that they're running the day instead. And I'd also challenge them to uh, check their time. So Joel, every time I revise my ideal week, and I do this probably twice a year because, you know, goals and projects change, right? And how, I'm, how I need to spend my time also changes. Hmm. And I've, the longest I've done, I've done six weeks of tracking all the daily activities I do Monday through Friday. Hmm. And uh, what that shows me is, the big buckets, right, of what I'm choosing to do, 
even the distractions, you have to log that. And there's tools, I'm not going to recommend any, but there's tools that you can use, even free tools online that do this and categorize it for you. But you can do it just on your, on your phone or a spreadsheet or on a notepad. The point is, is what I've learned, one, I've learned how I'm spending my time. Two, I've learned when I, when I predict how long a project might take, I'm normally off by like two to five times the amount of time it'll take. Yeah. So, so therefore, I'm trying to cram too much into a day and then I'm not accomplishing everything I want uh, and the wheels come off. I feel frustrated. I feel like a loser because I, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just haven't had a realistic view of, of what I can accomplish. Yeah. So that I, I would go, I would go a little bit down that route. We only talked about time, but there's a million different objections. Another one that I think we should talk about is, uh, will this work for me? Right. That's right. And so if I'm a, if I'm a district leader, I mean, as, as, you know, the chief ruckus maker at Better Leaders, Better Schools, I'm about to launch the third cohort of our five-week principal success path mm-hmm. program. So people are going to wonder, will it work for me? So I have case study after case study of leaders I've supported implementing ideas that I taught and the results that they've achieved, right? So like, I can talk about that, or I could talk about how Dr. Dr. Chris Jones, you know, became principal of the year in Massachusetts, yep. right? Or how Becky in New Mexico, and I think she's in Albuquerque, her school is the fourth best place to work there, which is, it's a big city. Like what an honor, right? Absolutely. Now they have to, they have to implement stuff that I teach, right? But they are working with me and they're experiencing like great success. So uh, you don't have to formally write down these case studies, although you could, but the point is, show that it works for people to sort of counter those objections. And you only know what they are by talking to folks, right? So mm. hopefully that hopefully that helps. Well, absolutely. You know what? And I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and often just walking the talk, right, is is a good way yeah, to, yeah. it works and saying, listen, you know, I'm not just, if I'm sitting down with a principal in a coaching session and I'm going to, you know, suggest, uh, I don't know, time blocking or, you know, miracle morning or something like that, well, yeah. it isn't because it's usually not because I haven't tried it. It's because I've, I've been doing it and I've yeah. seen results, right? So, yeah. and yeah. if I can do it, you can do it, right? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, so, and, and another another area where I where I found that uh, that um, we're losing a lot of time is is usually you know either in the mornings or at night, but more in the mornings. And that's one of the big switches that I made a few years back. Um, and I realized, you know, that I wasn't really maximizing that time, let's say in the morning for myself, you know, even when, my, sure. and this was when the, my, my two kids were much younger, uh, yeah. you know, forget about doing it in the evening, you know, you got the homework, you got, you know, whatever else is going on, you're tired from your day, you've just come home, had big days at work, uh, trying to get a workout in as well. So, you know, just doing that type of exercise um, the ideal week. And I've actually used that strategy and that's, that's thanks to you, Danny. So that, that made a big difference a few years back as well, where I actually took control of, of my time during the day and said exactly what you just said a little while ago, you know, it's, I'm going to be in control of the time and not time being in control of me. So that's mm-hmm. when I switched everything, uh, you know, out to, to the mornings. And ever since I've, I've put in that new routine where, you know, I'm up very early in the morning, I get my workout in, and then, and then I've got that period of time, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to myself, you know, to either do meditation, either, you know, write some blog posts, edit some podcast, whatever it is, it's for my growth. And it's something that I enjoy doing. And it's my passion. So yeah. 
when speaking with a lot of a lot of school leaders or just leaders around in you know around my my area uh, I find that that's one place where they don't really consider is saying okay you know I usually get up this routine where I get up at a certain time in the morning but as soon as I do that I'll make probably my first mistake of the day which is grabbing my cell phone <laughs> and yeah, yeah. checking stuff on the phone and just to get them to think about you know how can you reconfigure that time in the morning or in the evening you know it depends on on what's going on in your life and but for me that was huge right and I was able to to meet, really make that time for myself without sacrificing time with my family because mm-hmm. when I was doing this stuff, you know, working out and 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 working on my my blog post or my website or what have you, you know, they were still sleeping. It was five o'clock in the morning, right? Five thirty in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Even just thinking about that, you know, was a huge thing. And the last thing I think I'd say about that as well is that I found that that was a big su- success, uh, and you know, people were able to really tap into that time. Is you know, to link, you know, what you're doing. And I think you had mentioned, you know, to ask yourself, is it going to work for me? Mm-hmm. What I like to do is I like to take that action and make sure that, you know, it's, it's related to my values. You know, what do I value the most in life? If, yeah. if I value time with my family, then the activities that I'm going to decide to do and how I'm going to decide to do it, you know, has to respect that value because that's what I'm working towards. Right. So yeah. just tapping into that way of, of, of seeing it, uh, I found, you know, was also another powerful way to reach school re- leaders that maybe just weren't there. They were maybe just right at the door and just needed somebody to turn that doorknob and just open and, and leave a little crack for them to come in. That's perfect. I love that uh, attaching it to, to your values, right? That's a powerful motivator that'll pull you through the times that you don't want to do stuff. Yeah. The, the only thing I'll, I'll add to our discussion as well is uh, probably do an inventory in terms of, um, you know, and this would come, come out of the time tracking but do an inventory of, of what, what you uh, do throughout the day, because I think, I think a lot of leaders get stuck uh, treating all tasks as equal. Yes. When some are going to create, you know, great value for their school organization and some really are pretty much like just a checkbox or even a waste of time. Yet we give it great effort and focus. And so if you could, uh, shrink that right to allow and maximize time for what's going to create the most value you're gonna you're gonna do a lot better as a leader for sure yeah I think that's that's really important you know not not every task has the same importance or has the same level of importance and right. uh, you know just thinking back now in in some of the conversations I've had just in this past week with some leaders um, you're absolutely right you know uh, a lot of them do see every task like just a box to check. Yeah. And, you know, maybe just looking at it a different way uh, is, you know, just another means to be able to realize the importance of um, taking a look at what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, and how much time am I really putting into it. And and mm-hmm. comes in, and then there comes in the tracking, uh, you know, checking how I'm spending my time, how, you know, how many minutes do I spend on my phone, how many times do I check Facebook yeah. and Instagram and yeah. whatnot during the day. And, and how, you know, how important is that to what I'm striving towards my goals, my objectives, you know, my values. And maybe that's some of the time that I can go and recuperate, put the phone down and be doing something else. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Well, this is, this is great to Danny. And, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, I talked about, I mentioned the mastermind, which is a, a very powerful tool 
uh, you know, for yeah. professional development, for building communities. And of course, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't go without mentioning your book. I thought it was <laughs> great. I really, really appreciated this, your second book or your third book, I think, uh, Danny, which is mastermind. Yeah. I'll definitely put a link in the show notes for that, but, um, you know, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about your book, you know, why is it that you wrote it and, and a little bit what's in it, but you know, even before you get started, Danny, I wanted to thank you because I was able to, you know, take that book that, that, that you wrote and to really analyze the way that I was, you know, doing the masterminds and you've brought a lot of ideas, uh, you know, to the table with this book. So I really appreciate it. I was able to level up my masterminds, uh, you know, thanks to that. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, tell us about the book, uh, what it is and, you know, what was your intention in writing that? So one of the lessons that I hope a listener gets is, um, you know, Corwin came to me actually to publish yeah. the book. I didn't pitch them at all. And I share that because when you are aligned with your values and you have a, you know, mission and vision big enough, you know, that inspires and drives you every single day. Yeah. And then you consistently, you know, what Jim Collins would call a 20 mile march, but you're consistently creating value for others, right? Yeah. Uh, people will notice. Hmm. And so that year it was 2019 Corwin in all the places that publish books that you, you, you know, have name recognition wanted to do a book, but Corwin was different. And they said, let's do a book on how you support school leaders, right? Everybody else wanted me to pitch an idea, although yep. they came to me, but they said like, this is the idea we want. That's, I hmm. thought, Oh my gosh. One, why did I never think of that? Because that's literally <laughs> how I spend 95% of my day. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. And then two, how can, how can I tell our community's story uh, in a way that creates value that serves and it doesn't seem like a 200 page sales letter? Yeah. And I, I think I pulled that off, right? It, you did. I, it, it took a while to figure that out. But, you know, the second lesson I want to teach through this story is after the first draft, Maybe I hadn't pulled it off yet. And uh, my, my editor gave me some really critical feedback and like, you know, kind of, we still were working with you on this project, but this is not it yet, right? Like this first okay. draft is lousy, it stinks, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh my God, all right, what am I gonna do? I put in so much work, there's probably stuff here I can use, but how do I create a book that I'm super proud of? And so I tell this part of the story, Joel, because as leaders, we often think, by putting in more hours and working harder, you know, almost yeah. like just like gripping with our, our knuckles white, yeah. that that's going to be the path forward. And actually to create a better book, I stopped writing the book. I started getting out into nature more and going on for walks, just letting my mind wander. And before too long, I'm like, okay, a lot of great books that I love, they have a framework. So you haven't identified this far into your professional journey what's actually the framework for why the mastermind works? Mm. So started thinking about that. I thought about our industry, obviously it's education. So I started playing around with the idea of ABCs because I thought it would resonate, right? Yes, yes, And yes. I'm like, okay, can I make it work? And a few drafts into that, I'm like, okay, the mastermind is built on authenticity, belonging and challenge, right? And that became the framework, right? So the, the first chapter is why there's challenges and what's broken in current PD models. Yep. Yep. Then the next few chapters are the ABCs. And then there's a summary, right? A conclusion. And 
that pulled it off so that it doesn't feel like a sales letter because now I've taught you why the mastermind works. And so you who have masterminds, you know, you could hopefully make them better, which you said did happen. Mm -hmm. For a school leader, you can now integrate this framework, even if you don't run masterminds, but you can inter integrate this framework into your school community to level up all the PD that you offer. Even a teacher who built his or her classroom on authenticity, belonging, and challenge, they're going to have a much better time with the students, I believe. And so, yeah, the book dives deeply into that concept, that framework, and also tells our community's story. And there's one call to action at the end, like literally the last line. And if you'd like to learn more, like here's how to reach out type of thing. And so I, I felt really good about creating that story of our community and providing, you know, the framework that people could think through. And you know what? You you hit it 100%. That That's actually, uh, that's that's the feeling that I got from the book because, you know, when, when, when you first uh, put it out on, on social media and, you know, had the, I think you had a group on Facebook for that one as well, like before it was published and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were looking at different uh, cover, cover images and, and I was wondering, you know, how, how it was going to come out. But after I read it, it was, you know, it was, um, it, it really wasn't like you said, like a sales pitch at all, at all. It was really, yeah, yeah. and what I, I think what I appreciated the most about it, I appreciated a lot of parts about it, but one of the things that stood out for me and you mentioned it is when you said, you know, take the model and go and do it because it yep. works and you've got the yeah. data to back it. You've got, you know, you've got the experience to back it. So I thought that was really powerful. So to me, when I did read this book, it was like, it was a gift. It was like mm. you were saying, you know, this is how I did it. And this is the, the success we had. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm an alumni of the mastermind. I did, I was part of uh, the guiding principles. So yeah, yeah. I lived it and it was, <laughs> and I'm convinced. And, and, and the reason why I, I wanted to get on board with, you know, uh, the mastermind at Better Leaders, Better Schools is, is I wanted to, to be, because I wanted to do it. First of all, I wanted, I was intrigued and, and thought that it was a great yeah, way yeah. Uh, to, to help people level up. So I said, you know, I want, I want to live it as a participant and see, you know, what feelings do I get out of it? What can I get out of it? How can I grow? And it was, a, it was just a great experience. So that propelled me to start the masterminds and great. And then this book came along a few years uh, later and it, it was a gift because you're just sharing with everybody, you know, this is how I went about it. These are, these are the, the, the main parts of, of what's most important and what I'm doing and the reason why I'm mm. doing it now take this and go out and do it, you know? So mm. for, for that, I, I thank you, you know, a thousand times over. I think it's, it's a fantastic gift to any leader that is looking to, to, to maybe to have a system, to have a, a way of coming in and getting people together and, you know, really taking care of each other, taking care of, of each other in, in ways professionally, of course, and in ways of, uh, of our, uh, our mental health as well, and to make sure that everybody mm -hmm. is healthy in that community. So, yeah, I thought the book was fantastic. And I really, really enjoyed the footnotes. <laughs> I had to tell you that. Ah, cool. The, All right. know, the, oh, no, Great. that that was, I got to say, I've read a lot of books, and I can't think of any other book that had that kind of footnotes. You know, I seen the footnotes yeah. I started reading, but then when I said, when I realized what you had done there with the footnotes, I thought it was great. The little anecdotes, the little like challenges yeah, yeah. and the, the gifts, you know, if you're the first uh, 11 people, get a pizza. And, 
<laughs> oh, it was the pizza. I thought that was fantastic. I don't know. How'd you come up with that idea? How'd you think of that? Um, all right. So how did I think of that? Uh, I was reading, I was reading another book. Um, the title is escaping me at the moment. I could, it, it has a really crazy title. It's, it's about, it's, it's from an Ogilvy advertiser. So it's okay. from an ad man, a marketer. And it's, it's something about like the dark arts and curious science. It has a very British sounding name, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's really about telling stories and how to do uncommon, like ruckus making type stuff yeah. to, to serve, right. And to tell your story and to invite people to, to your, to your programs and this kind of stuff. Um, and I so enjoyed how he packaged the book. I said, oh, I like that idea. I'm going to put my own, you know, stamp on it and try it out. Now, the, the other fun thing is with the book, the cover, I don't know, when you think of like education books and their covers, I would assert that most of them are pretty boring mm -hmm. and very forgettable, you mm -hmm. know, almost invisible. I think, I think uh, the publishing companies do that in some respects, because if it's not too, you know, if it's not too edgy, they won't get in trouble. Right. Okay. okay. But the interesting thing, you know, in my book, I really pushed hard for design. There's lessons in all the stories I teach. And the, and the lesson is that, you know, I, I told the designer for the cover, I said, here's like the constraints. This is the experience I want somebody to feel looking at the book. And I want you to design the best cover that you're the most proud of ever creating. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And I had my editor share that with the design team. My editor said, my design team was blown away. They've never been wow. asked to create a masterpiece that they're proud of, right? Mm -hmm. And wow. not micromanaged, right? Just given the canvas and like, here's what I think I'd like people experience. Now you do it, right? Le leverage your superpowers. And as a result, Wow, I think it's a pretty cool cover, right? So then with the footnotes, Corwin never does footnotes, ever, never, ever. But listen, I'm the chief ruckus maker. That's right, right? that's right. And, and, and so I just kept pushing. And the lesson here is the answer is always no, unless you ask. That's I right. said, believe me, it's going to work, right? Here's why, you know, it's going to add, add stories, add value, right? And, and for the readers, like it's going to be entertaining, and therefore, they'll tell people like on this podcast or tell their friends and more books will spread. And we're about spreading the ideas. We're doing footnotes. Exactly. OK, and it happened. And so it's when you have a big enough vision. Right. And you can communicate it to those you work with. It's amazing what doors, you know, what doors will open. Mm -hmm. And back to um, thank you for all the very kind and generous words, you know, about the book. But when I when I read uh, Simon Sinek's Infinite Game. Yeah. That's where he introduces the, this idea of a just cause. It's not really mission. It's not really vision. It's this purpose. And I, I already shared on this podcast, mine is to connect, grow, mentor every school leader who wants to level up. The thing with a just cause is that it's not about competition. You don't have to lose, Joel, in the mastermind game, so to speak, for me to win. Mm -hmm. If we're going to connect, grow, and mentor every school leader who levels up, right? I already mentioned this. That's more than two guys can handle. We need more people Absolutely. doing this work. Absolutely. And, and so the book was, it was supposed to be a gift because if I'm truly going to accomplish or move forward or have the impact that I want, right? Connecting, growing, mentoring school leaders, I actually have to reveal the secrets of why it works, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's the joke. That's the point. 
I'm putting it out there because I want other people to do this because our motto at Better Leaders, Better Schools, our why, everybody wins when you get better, right? So if leaders are being truly served, and I don't know if you caught this, but the National Superintendents Association, right, yeah, in the U.S., well. they co-published the book. Right. Why? Because masterminds are changing the landscape of PD mm -hmm. for school leaders. Together, we can change education around the world. Now, that's exciting. Absolutely. And I feel that excitement. I live that excitement. And, uh, you know, everybody that's listening today, get out and, and get your copy of the book, Mastermind. It's available everywhere. You can go on Amazon. It's available there on Corwin's. It's available there as well. Yeah. And there will be a, a link in the footnotes for that. So it's it's had a big impact on myself. And again, I really enjoyed the So it worked because the footnotes, I really <laughs> like that. That was really enjoyable. So, and um, yeah, so I thought it was great. So get, get out there because I think as leaders, um, anyways, for, for myself, when speaking for myself, uh, one of the most important things that I can do as a leader is to multiply, right? Is to create mm -hmm. other leaders. Exactly. So that, like you were saying, yes. so that influence can just keep growing. And that's why I'm here every single day, everything that I do, everything that I work for, be it, you know, people that I work with, be it people that are, are in my life, my family, my kids, you know, the objective is to be able to add value and to be able to multiply that leadership so that they can go out and, and return and multiply. And I know, Danny, that's some of the great work that you do with better, better leaders, better schools. And Thank I think you. it's it's awesome. Everything that you do, I love following you on uh, social media and I love participating when I can to whatever you're doing. I think it's uh, it just helps us all to level up and and it just that's what it does, right, is you're multiplying leadership. Thank you. And I think yeah, it's that's great. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So listen, Danny, uh, you know, we talked about leveling up today and um, it's been a great conversation. Again, you're adding value to myself today. I really appreciate you and to everybody that's going to be listening. So if you were uh, to leave today with uh, for everybody that's listening, what would be one wish in terms of level, leveling up? What, what, what would be one wish that you would have for the for everybody that's listening to us today? Just choose yourself. It's really easy, right? Don't wait for uh, anybody else to pick you. You got to pick yourself first. Love it. Pick yourself. And, you know, when it comes down to it, if you don't have anything to give, then, you know, how are we going to be able to add value and multiply, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to mm -hmm. fill our, 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 our cup first to make sure that we've got something to give to other people. So I think that's great. Absolutely. All right, Danny, listen, thank you very much. And uh, good luck with your five-day challenge, the boot camp. So that's starting today, right? And uh, that's, that's correct. I think it's going to be very exciting and good things to come. So, uh, you know, everybody that's listening, make sure that you connect with Danny at Better Leaders, Better Schools. Uh, you know, website, Twitter, I think you're just about everywhere, Danny. And um, mm -hmm. I'd say the last thing, another thing I have to say that I really appreciate about you, Danny, is that... You know, you're very uh, approachable, very reachable. Every single time that I've reached out to you, you've always answered. And that I really appreciate because I really feel like you've got my back as, as a leader. And, uh, I, you know, I wanted to make sure that you know that. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, I'm sure it'll be the same thing. You know, connect and let's grow as leaders. And, you know, let's get out there and multiply, right? That's right. Go make a ruckus. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Danny. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, Joe. Hi there, it's Joel. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and that you were able to find many useful takeaways. 
Adding value to others is one of the most important actions a leader can take. So please share this episode with your friends and colleagues and on social media. Let's reach out to as many people as we can. Want to connect with me? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can visit my website, inspireleadership.ca. If you'd rather send me an email, my address is joel, that's J-O-E-L, at inspireleadership.ca. Take care, everybody, and now go get your leadership on.